podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hello, listeners. This is Nicole, and I'm back with another Jenny-less episode. Jenny was traveling for a big chunk of June, so I asked my good friend Rebecca to come on the show, and we had a nice little chat. I do want to warn you that we did record outside at a cafe, so there is a significant amount of street noise. I think it actually sounds pretty good, considering that we recorded on my iPhone and that for the first third of our conversation, I was holding my iPhone upside down. So um, please bear with any sound quality issues. I think you'll enjoy this episode, and I'll come back on after our conversation, which lasts about 30 minutes. I'll talk to you soon. Hello, everybody. I am here with my friend, Rebecca, who is Rebecca on Ravelry. And Rebecca is like my other major partner in crime as far as knitting goes. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we worked together for several years. And I would say, what year was it that you started knitting again? I have to always look at my Ravelry projects to remind myself, but I think it was in the spring of 2009. I have this distinct memory of coming to work one Friday in 2009 and seeing you in Amelia and uh-huh. having this thought that I was tired of seeing you wearing awesome pants <laughs> and not having any of my own. And I think I asked you that very day about knitting and you told me about Ravelry and I and knitting. Oh, wow. And I went into my office and spent the next several hours <laughs> looking at knitting things online and not working at all. Um, and that was really the beginning. Well, it was the second beginning, right? That's true. That was the beginning of what I think of as knitting 2.0 for me. <laughs> um, because I started knitting, I guess I learned when I was a kid, and then I started really knitting in high school and knit some sweaters and lots of gifty things um, over the next few years. And that was when I was living in the East Coast. And then when I moved to California, I kind of, like, knitting had been for me about knitting, like, big, warm sweaters. And mm-hmm. moving to San Francisco, I just wasn't wearing those things. It just kind of fell out of my life a little bit. And I had started a sweater in, I think, the spring of 1999. I went to Art Fibers. I had a roommate who had worked, was working at Art Fibers at the time. And I got some lovely yarn at Art Fibers and started a sweater and got maybe about like three quarters of the way through. And then I kind of put it down. And so then in spring of 2009, literally 10 years later, <laughs> um, I decided that my first knitting project would be to finish that sweater before I let myself start anything new. So I pushed through and finished it, and luckily there wasn't too much more to do, maybe like a sleeve and a carding in front or something. And the collar? I remember working yes, on the collar. Yes, yes, that's right. You helped me with that shawl collar. I think it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do and you it, ever wear that sweater? You know, I do still wear it sometimes. It's not... I do, and I do, and I like it, and I don't see myself getting rid of it. It was kind of... Um, it's a very intricate lace pattern. It was on size two needles. Oh my um, gosh, it was a Vogue knitting pattern, right? That's right. Yeah, you such a good memory. <laughs> um, I do still wear it sometimes. It's in sort of like a denim-y blue, mm-hmm. which I still like that color, but sure, it doesn't yeah. look... I always feel like if I'm wearing jeans, it's like a little too much <laughs> of denim-y blue look. Right, I get it. Um, so for some reason, I feel like it doesn't lend itself to outfits as well as some other sweaters do. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I do still wear it. I feel like it's a good example of not giving up on something and for once having that pan out. (laughs) 
So, yeah. So that was probably the, kind of the beginning of, we had known each other to work, but I think that's, that was like the moment our friendship started. Yes, totally. And then we became like, it was sort of part of our job description. I don't know. Yeah, we did a lot of, of knitting check-ins and then we both do other crafts. Rebecca sews. And so we would always check in about that. Yes, I would. I often felt like we were constantly looking for like excuses to sneak into each other's offices, <laughs> close the door, and talk about knitting instead of our other craft instead of our actual work. So, um, you know, it's a good thing that our boss doesn't listen to or my for me, the former boss doesn't listen to the podcast. But um, yeah, that was that was like a great connection with you, Nicole, and a really fun aspect of work. So I thought we would talk about some of the stuff we're doing now, and then I wanted to talk to Rebecca a little bit about her knitting, and it will become clear why in a little bit. So um, what are you working on right now? So right now I am mainly working on a Hannafetic cardigan called June's Favorite mm, Cardigan, which you recommended to me <laughs> um, when we were yarn shopping maybe a month, month and a half ago. Um, and it's... It's a really sweet kind of vintage cardigan. It's an open cardigan, and it's raglan sleeves with cable, um, kind of a cable up the fronts and then up the sleeves, and a kind of a diamond pattern also next to the cable. Um, and then the the has it has a uh, seated rib around the bottom. Um, so it's a, it's a really like simple kind of clean lines, but and something that I think will be really wearable. Um, and I'm making it in a Spud and Chloe sweater, and I can't remember the name of the colorway, is, but it's... Is it Lake? Or is lake, it, Lake, that's lake. right, yeah. Okay. Sort of a, again, but sort of have, a denim blue, but... They um, have two blues, I think. And okay. I think this is the slightly lighter... I can't remember now. Well, it's definitely, I would say, sort of in the navy category, okay. but it's not full-on, like, navy. blackish navy. Like, it's okay. more of a... I don't I can't know. remember. I think yeah. they do have two blues, though. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice blue. So, um... So I'm mainly working on that, and I had this idea, kind of inspired by your interview with Amy Herzog, of mm-hmm. adding in waist shaping, and I'm still enthusiastic about that, but it's one of those things where departing from the pattern means that I have to sit down and think and measure, and um, so anyway, it's like a little bit fiddly to add that in. So I haven't made as much progress on the sweater, because I keep thinking, oh, I've got to actually measure it and not knit too far without adding that in. So I worked a little bit on that last night. So um, anyway, making a little progress on that. Is the back um, all stockinette? The back is all stockinette. I think it's going to be pretty easy. Okay. I mean, the front is stockinette except for this, the um, kind of column of cable pattern that goes up in the sides. Um, One um, idea she has somewhere in her materials is to only do the shaping on the back. Yes. That's what I'm planning to do. Okay. Because I figure with the open front, I think that would be necessary. And in fact, I have her book, and I was looking, and she doesn't have anything exactly like this sweater, but she has a couple of open front cardigans, and I was sort of looking at them for ideas of how to place the shaping, and where to start it, where to, how to kind of imagine it in there. And she has a formula in the back, she has a chapter in the back, as as you know, Nicole, Mm -hmm. of um, how to do different adaptations of patterns, and Mm -hmm. one of them is waist shaping, so I was working through that formula a little bit last night. So, um, anyway, I think it'll come together, and it's kind of a fun experiment to add that in. I am still working on my Ashlyn cardigan. Oh, yes. And, um... Speaking of Amy Herzog. I had made progress and then had one of those moments. So, I'm knitting it in uh, wool candy, biscotti, merino, which is a sport DK weight, 
yarn by an indie dyer who's no longer in business, I don't think, or on a long hiatus. And it, um, I fell into the trap of the hand-dyed and I was knitting. I thought, oh, I'm so clever. I'm going to knit both fronts at the same time. That way, I will any shaping, everything will be mirrored, and I won't have to reinvent the wheel the next time I do the other front. And um, I was about a little bit more than halfway through the fronts, and it was late at night, and I looked at both of them. I set them down, and I could distinctly tell that one was very differently colored than the other. Oh, no. And I thought, you know what, it's nighttime, it's weird lighting, maybe I'll feel differently in the morning. In the morning, it did not look as bad. I actually took a picture of it and sent it to Jenny, and she's like, forge ahead, just ignore it. And then I called John into the room, and I said, can you tell any difference between these two fronts? And he goes, yeah, that one's darker. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) So I decided... I freaking, how much had you done? I had gotten up to... I probably... Had a couple more inches before the arm size. So like 10 inches or so probably of knitting? Or I would say, inches. actually for me, I'm a little, uh, yeah, at least yeah. 10 inches uh, probably. Uh, heartbreaking. It's so totally sorry. heartbreaking. So I decided to do something kind of Frankenstein-y. And instead of, so I went to seam allowance and someone, Marianne, hello, I know this is good advice, but I'm still not following it. And we were talking into the wrong side of the thing. Huh. Interesting. See how that goes. <laughs> um, I, uh, Marianne was talking about switching between the two balls of yarn, you know, to get so to get less pulling oh, and to have okay. more even. But since I was doing two at a time, I didn't want to do that because I didn't right. want to have four balls of yarn right. going. So what I did was I finished the darker front because that's the one that really matches better with the back okay. and most of the other skeins. I feel like the skein that I did the second front was is the was, kind of was oddball. The oddball, the outlier. Okay. So I um, finished that and I have a little bit, I have about a third of a skein left. I took out the second front down to the ribbing at the bottom because I figured that was more or less... It wasn't going to be a big deal if this little bit at the bottom right, was in the lighter right. skein. And I will continue with the new, with the skein from the other half, of the other front, and a smaller ball that I think matches better. Okay. And we'll alternate and do the second front that way. So when you alternate, how many rows do you do of each? Well, what I'm going to do is the there's a lace pattern, and it's 12 rows long. Okay. And what I'm going to do is eight, I'm going to do... Over the 12 rows, it's going to be 8 in one and 4 in the other, but it's going to go 4, 2, 4, 2. So, okay. So really, of, like, you're breaking up the lace pattern into six, two groups of six. Right. Exactly. And then it's, is it 4 of A, 2 of B? It's a little more complicated because I want to do the the second ball. I want to do the changing. There's a, there's a consistency in the pattern, but uh, rows, like, 7 and... 11, no, I guess it would be 5 and 11, uh-huh. are a little different. So I don't want to change yarn on those rows. I see. So I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do rows 3 and 4 and 8 and 9, I think. Right, right. Something like that To uh, in the other ball. And they're small balls, and we're going away this weekend, and that's what I'm going to just, it's the only thing I'm taking, it's the only thing I'm going to work on, and I'm hoping to make a lot of progress and have it done with. I almost... Went and did the sleeves and then came back to this. And I thought, you know what? I should do it while my memory's fresh. While right. I know what I did. I did take good notes, but I just want to have more of a memory of it and not come back to it in two weeks and have to reinvent the wheel. Right, right. So, and I think I'm going to probably alternate skeins with the sleeves because I thought I could get both sleeves out of one ball of yarn. But I think there's, 
I won't be able to do that. So in terms of yarn quantities, are you, do you really think you're not going to have anything to spare? Like you have, have to plenty, use, no. okay. I won't have to use that light skein. Okay. I don't think. I actually, because of the adaptations I've made, the modifications, it's, I'm, I'm as I've always say, <laughs> I'm short and I'm, because I'm bottom heavy, I cut the length of the mm. sweater so it doesn't go down as far. So mm -hmm. I'm probably, I think my size is supposed to use closer, like over 1300 and I'll probably use closer to like 1150 or 12. Right. So, and I have like 1400 yards, okay. so I'm more than enough so, because I'm stuck with more yarn at the end of this project. Right. right. That's the downside. Yeah, that's but the downside. upside is that, <laughs> that you won't have to squeeze in the right. lighter yarn that you right. don't like anyway. So, exactly. Yeah. So that is what I am working on. And what do you think of the pattern? I mean, this is, I know this is kind of your first real foray into the knit to flatter world mm -hmm. of being really deliberate about it. Yes. I, um, I like the pattern. I thought one reason I didn't want to start the fronts and was doing them at the same time is I didn't think I'd like this lace pattern. It's a very different lace pattern and I can't explain exactly how, but it seemed different and a little more complicated mm -hmm. and I can't memorize it, but I can read it really easily. Okay. So I, um, I just... It, so is it an all-over lace pattern? No. Just on just the front? It's just a panel on the front. Oh, okay. So it's really over 23 stitches. Okay. So um, it actually goes pretty quickly once you get started on it. And um, I don't. I won't know much about how much I'm going to like the sweater until it's done. Yeah. Because... Um, it's in pieces. It's in pieces. And, um, and so that's mainly it. But I am trying to tie it in with my seam allowance goals. Oh, good. And um, I'm making, the other day, I was thinking, oh, it would be nice to have um, some people who are making it or buying dresses to go with it. Because in the picture of Ashlyn, Amy is dressed so cute. She has this cute skirt on. It goes mm -hmm. so perfectly. And I think she's inspired people to make outfits. And I was going through all the stuff in my sewing room. And I found this vintage skirt that I had been trying to adapt probably for the last 15 years mm -hmm. that a friend of mine gave me and I started to make it for her and then she moved away and I figured she forgot about it and I tried to make it into something else and this is like the third or fourth incarnation and it it's black but it has the same color yellow in it mm. there's the little birds that are that color and so I'm very excited about that the is, outfit yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see hopefully it. it all comes together um oh, that skirt was just waiting for the right for the for the sweater for the right yeah. moment yes <laughs> so Awesome. Have you finished anything lately? Well, I think the last time we met, I told you about this cowl, this little pair of cowls that I mm -hmm. am for making for my mom and her friend. Exactly. And so um, just for the backstory is that my mom, who lives in Connecticut, has a very dear friend named Penny. And Penny is moving to Minnesota to be closer to her kids. Okay. And my mom, you know, I think she'll really miss Penny. And one of the things they did together was to take walks and talk and you know, share all the news about kids and mm -hmm. the world and everything in their lives. Exactly. <laughs> now grandkids. Um, so I thought I would make them each a cowl and part of it was motivated by the fact that I had some yarn I wanted to use for my mom. So I found a cowl pattern for that and then I'm using it for a penny. I'm, I'm making the shawl collared cowl by Alana Dacos, mm -hmm. um, which is I'd made before and really liked it. So I have finished both of those cowls now and I've blocked them and now I'm just carrying them around with me, um, trying to find time to stop in to a store to buy buttons. <laughs> but once I get the buttons on, I can nail them off and I'm really pleased with how that came out. I think they're going to really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other, I feel like that's sort of the latest finished thing. Um, I'd made a hat for my dad. I didn't want him to be knitwearless <laughs> um and that was actually kind of like surprisingly challenging pro 
project because my dad has a pretty big head. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 26 inches or oh something. Oh, my goodness. I think it's, yeah. It's, yeah, my stepfather has a big head. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it's I, I think I it's 26 it inches. I started making him a hat last summer, and I measured it, and I, and then I, of course, didn't write anything down. And so then when I, uh-huh. that hat never worked out, and then I, so I think it's, anyway, maybe part of the problem is that I have the wrong <laughs> measurement. But you kind of, you would think that just making up a watch cap pattern would be easy, but it's actually really complicated, and... I did the decreases for the top maybe three times, and I still don't really think they came out perfectly, and I'm just going to give it to him, and whatever. It's done. It's fine. I think it'll basically fit, and if he looks foolish, then he looks kind of foolish mostly anyway, <laughs> so I'm not really that worried about it. I don't have to see him look, wearing this hat. It's it's kind of a th- th- the thought that counts, that counts kind of present. I have a hard time with hats for John all the time, and his head isn't especially large, but... I'm always making them out of yarn that's too thick, and the hats come out too big. So, like, yeah. he has this, a couple of hats that he calls his hair bags right. because they're just like, he's like, I need to have dreadlocks in order to pull this hat off. Right. Kind of thing. Well, I feel like this is probably, this hat for my dad is probably going to fall in that category. Or too small. That's the other thing. Then yeah. I go in the other direction. Yeah, well, it's really, and you, I mean, I did gauge swatch and I tried to figure it all out, and then, I don't know, it's really, it's really tough. Yeah. But I also couldn't, I mean, I looked for patterns. I couldn't really find a pattern. I mean, I, I'm sure I could have really looked carefully, maybe. And part of it was I think I was trying to make this size that I that it was kind of unusually big, mm-hmm. and a lot of hats didn't go that big, and I didn't want it to come out too small. So, anyway, <laughs> we'll see. So I finished yeah. a hat just yesterday. Oh, cool. I made the Aviatrix hat. Oh, I've been wanting to make that for years. I know it's super. I was it for a gift or for Adrian? It's for a gift. Um, although I had intended it to give it to somebody who just had a baby, but this hat is. It fits like a, it'll fit like a four-year-old. Okay. And so it's, I feel like Did it's you do not, the strap and everything? I did the strap no. and everything. And I thought, oh, if I give it to her now, like, who knows if she, yeah. Yeah, it'll keep like, track. We'll, but, right. right. I should make something appropriately sized. But I wanted to use this um, Socks at Rock that had been in my stash and just sort of haunting me for years. It was a, um, a club yarn, which mm. is why I never do yarn clubs because you never know what you're going to get. Right. And for some people, that's great. For me, it, no. Yeah. It doesn't work. But um, it's Peas Blossom. And it's a pretty enough color, but it's very pastel. It's not me. Um, I tried to make socks out of it. The socks that, these are the infamous hippie crunchy socks that just sat around for three years before I finally ripped them out. And then the yarn has been sitting there mm. now for three years since I ripped them out. And um, I doubled it and just went for it and knit it. Um, I knit one of the DK sizes, and it came out to be, I mean, it fits Adrian. He thinks, he goes, this hat fits me. I should wear it. And I was like, you can wear it if you want, but. It's, it's kind of a baby look is the problem. Yeah. I, he has a friend who has a, uh, her birthday's next month, and it is so June. This hat is, oh, this yeah. girl has a very um, interesting sense of style. Uh-huh. So I think it'll you work know, for her. That, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, but I can't remember the name of it, but that designer has basically that same hat without the chin strap. Mm. But it's like a very similar design with the sort of um, diagonal, I don't know what you call them, those Right, the those uh, short ridging. roar. Yeah. Short roar. Short yeah. Um, so look at her designs because there's some there, there's basically the same hat. It's I think it may be de- with the idea that it's for an older kid who doesn't need the chin strap. Okay. And I think it's basically the same hat or it looks it looks very similar, very similar. anyway. And it's the same designer. 
Yeah, I think uh, his friend June. This will be perfect. And yeah, if, I'm hoping she has a birthday party next month, and that I have this already. Yes, that's right. Oh yeah, how do those birthday gifts go? How did, did you finish the monster? I finished the monster, so that's something else I finished. I awesome. finished. Um, it's the Cecil, the computer monster from Rebecca Danger. I renamed mine Cyrus, the iPad monster, because okay. that is his computer of choice. Very good. And the name of the child. Um, and it was really cute. He's very. Um, I re- literally finished it the morning of the party, uh-huh. um, which wasn't. It was just one of those things where I didn't really. I didn't have any fiber fill. I went to the fabric store. They were out of one pound bags of fiber ah. fill, and uh, so John had to go get me some. It right. just got more complicated, and it, it turned out great. And right. similarly, out of that same yarn, I knit Adrian a sweater. That he loves. Oh my goodness! I know. As soon as I finished right it through. that day, we were going out to run errands, and I said, "Do you need a do you need a jacket?" And he said, "I want to wear my striped sweater." And I was like, "All right, let's so do is it." Is this a new sweater? Or it is, is this a... um, it is a new sweater? So it's a sweater out of the same yarn. It's Barocco Vintage Chunky. Okay. And it's uh, two colors. It's gray and purple. Oh my gosh, I remember this. Didn't you start the sweater? I started a long the sweater two years ago. And then I you was, realized it was, was going to be way too big. Uh-huh. I totally remember this. Mm-hmm. And then I... Um, I think we were in your office discussing this. And I was in like... In one a, of those... This sca- is like 28, 28 inches around, which, you know, it would still be too big for him now. Right. So I restarted the body, kept the sleeves. I may have re-knit the... I may have knit the sleeves to the right gauge and realized how... Then looked at the body and realized, uh, oh, these... to the right size and then looked at the body and realized how big it was. Right. So, um... And it was really, it was chunky gauge, so I just had to re-knit the body and then join it and finish it. So it's it a pretty quickly. It is a pullover, and it is, I think there's six row stripes. Mm-hmm. So nice big stripes. Nice. It's long, um, which at first I thought was funny, but thinking back on like sweaters of my childhood, they were always kind of croppy. Mm-hmm. And I look at pictures of kids' sweaters, generally older, like vintage patterns, and they're all cropped. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You don't get as much wear out of it, too, because he's going right. to grow taller more than he'll grow, he'll grow wider. wider. So I'm hoping it'll fit him yeah. for like a, a year, totally. 18 months. Especially boys' patterns are often kind of boxy and wide right. in their design. Yeah. And so they'll, it'll often fit in the width, but it'll be too short. So, right. Yeah. So that's that's, that's my hope is to, yeah. to do that. I almost thought about cutting off the bottom and making it shorter and then I was thinking oh then when he gets older I'm just going to have to re-knit that back on so I might as well just leave it and he's fine with it he's worn it a few times already I know it's summer but like when it's breezy out it was cold a few days ago in the morning so it's awesome I'll report back about the yarn I'm curious to see how it survives Mm. it's it's very soft is it a superwash? it is um, acrylic Wool and nylon. So okay. 50 wool, 40 acrylic, 10 nylon. It should so be pretty durable. I think it's going to be pretty durable. But it's soft, so there's still a, a potential for pilling. Right. So. Right. Um, so that is what we're working on. Yeah. I wanted to ask you if you had any... Um, because I, I want to talk about a knitting discovery. If you had anything, like a new technique or a new yarn or anything that no. recently come into your knitting life. No. So let's hear about yours. So I started knitting with Haya Haya needles. Actually, I can if you look in this bag. You can look at them. So they are. Um, What's this? They're inexpensive, first of all, um, which is, and I have. I can't give you any of the technical. Sorry, there's a loud scooter. Tiny little motorcycle driving by. Very cute. Um, so they are. Um, I'm feeling this guy's going to do a U-turn.
hi, hi, needles. I can't give you a lot of technical information on them, but you can all look this up online. I'll link to it. But um, I picked them up just out of curiosity when I was looking for needles, and they're really super lightweight. Mm-hmm. The cord is nice and flexible, mm-hmm. and they're inexpensive. I mean, compared to some compared of the other Addy, compared to Addies, um, and. Um, I like the weight of them a lot. Mm-hmm. I I don't I can't explain exactly yeah. why, but well, they, they feel, feel like really they good. They have a good balance between being slippery and being not slippery. Mm-hmm. Which I know this seems like a strange um, <laughs> thing to say, but I feel like with metal needles, there's always that like you want a little grip, but not too much. So you know you want you don't want them to slide out. So yeah, they look great. Um, oh, and this is nice too. Um, so for oh, a lot and they of, have them printed. The number on. is printed on the needle. Because nice. I bought a US four, five to initially start my uh-huh. Ashland, and it was they were too big, so I went back and got the fours. And um, um, yeah, they that also is have really an nice. interchangeable set, which I'm curious about. I know I already have an interchangeable set, but I don't know. I'm always looking at new tools, yeah, <laughs> so um, it might, I'm curious to see what how they are. The article Pratt carries them, but only in the bigger sizes. And actually, okay. what I'm interested in is they have a smaller set. I think that goes down mm. to threes. And that would be really nice. I would I would prefer this. I use the right. smaller needles more often anyway. Right. Like I always have multiple things on sixes. Did you buy these at Article Pratt? At Article Pratt. Okay. And they always come with a little treat. So they each come with like, oh. this came with a stitch marker, a locking stick, stitch marker oh. in there. It's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Um, okay. So that, um, that's my little discovery I just wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, so the main reason that I wanted to talk to Rebecca is there, a, a, well, two. Same reason, but for two reasons two explanations. One is a, um, a post went up on Ravelry from one of our listeners, Holy Cuteness, who has to kind of suddenly move to Florida. And she was asking for advice about packing and what she should leave out. And you know, if her stuff doesn't come for a few months, how much knitting should she pack? And the other is that Rebecca is going. And so it reminded me of Rebecca, who is about to embark on a year-long journey um, in Guanajuato, Mexico. So she's leaving me. We will not be doing any in-person Yarn strategizing know, or craft strategizing. I'm sort of in denial about, about that. <laughs> we're, just, we're heavily using Ravelry. Yes. Um, and so I wanted to know what your strategy was around picking projects and taking projects with you and how yeah. you saw the next year going. Um, well, first of all, I after you pointed out that thread to me, I read it and I, I loved it. I thought it was a great thread and there were all kinds of little um, things that it reminded me of. And one in particular was that, and I feel like this happens even packing for vacation, which is that I find myself like packing for vacation, like even the night before I'm like swatching something or, <laughs> or like frantically looking up patterns and I feel like sometimes, you know, my husband will be sitting there next to me. Like he's doing something that's like very unarguably practical, like canceling the newspaper or whatever, you know, and I'm sitting there on Ravelry looking for the perfect hat pattern for that yarn because I have to have something to knit and I'm between projects. So I, I felt like one of the things that came out on that thread was just how crucial project planning is as part of traveling. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all of us who have been in that boat. Um, because I definitely find myself thinking a lot about my crafting for next year. And and it's funny because on the one hand, it's similar to packing for a vacation. But on the other hand, it's a whole year. And I'm not going to bring a year's worth of yarn because... Well, I mean, may, or maybe what I'm bringing will last me the whole year, but I'm not really thinking of it that way. Um, because I just, I feel like I can't... Well, first of all, I, I feel like that's too much of a commitment now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think other yeah. people were talking about that on the podcast too, feeling like they didn't not... I mean, on the thread, 
being separated from their yarn, they lost the opportunity to just browse for what hit mm-hmm. them. And so I feel like I don't want to just be too fix myself into something. Um, but I'm also just kind of curious, like what will be available to me down there? And I think it, the selection I think will be quite limited. Um, we're going to a city called Guanajuato and a nearby city is San Miguel de Allende. And I know that there's at least one yarn shop there, which I think is run by an American expat. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure I'll be checking that out and that you know may have some opportunity. Um, and I know that in Guanajuato itself, there is a sewing store. Because um, I know we, we walked past it and we visited last summer. So I'm thinking there should be some at least supplies there um, for some crafting-y things, although mm-hmm. maybe not any knitting-related things. Um, so what I've decided, what I've done so far is to buy sweaters, two sweaters worth a sweat project for myself. One is the one I mentioned that, that I've just started, the June's favorite cardigan. And then the other is I, I bought some yarn. I still am deciding on the pattern, but um, bought a sweater's worth of Primo plucky knitter mm-hmm. Primo fingering, mm-hmm. I believe it was called. Yes, that's the finger weight with the cashmere in it. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, it's in a kind of plummy berry color. Um, Nicole helped me pick it out a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm planning that I'll make those two sweaters and hopefully get to wear them when I'm down there. And then I have a skein of Malabrigo Arroyo that I want to make um, a little top for my youngest child out of. Um, it's the like sleeves for babies mm, or I like sleeves for that. girls, I think is the main pattern. That then pattern. she made a spinoff for babies, which is such a cute pattern. And I'm really excited to make it. And I'm hoping that one skein of Malabrigo, I can make the size 24 months, which maybe will just fit my daughter. <laughs> it's one of those things where I was like, oh, I think I just need one skein for a baby pattern. And mm. then I went home and looked at the pattern. Of course, by the time I figured it well, out. Arroyo is 335 yards. I think it, I think it I think should be. be fine. And it's also the, the bottom is seed stitch. And I think I'll do the bottom in garter, which I think will be much That'll be less yarn I heavy, knit, right? I knit Matilda's uh, dress, which is by that same oh, designer. Oh, designer. Yeah, I remember that. Um, in, uh, in Malabrigo Arroyo. And I think I used most of it, but um, I want to say I made the 18-month size. Okay. And that's a dress. And like and sleeves right, That's true. Shirt. It's more of a tunicky shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was supposed to be more... Well, this is a tunicky, but more... It's a couple inches longer yeah. than like sleeves, yeah. at least. And okay. so I was fine. Do I you think that it's worth doing the garter as opposed to seed stitch? I was thinking seed oh, stitches. I think more. garters takes up more. Oh, really? Yes, because it shrinks down. Oh. So for lengthwise, garter I see stitch what you're saying. I have to do more rows. Mm-hmm. You have to do more rows. Because I was thinking seed stitch. You're going back and forth all the time. What? Um, but, so maybe, yeah. but maybe not. Okay. All right. Well, I could just I stick with seed fine. stitch then. I think you're because yeah, you're going to get more length out of. That's stitch. true because it's more it's more of a sturdy. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. It's a little flatter. Yeah. Or garter stitch is going to scrunch. Mm-hmm. Good point. I'm glad we talked before I cast on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm basically just bringing those three projects. I mean, so two big projects and then the one small one. And then the other thing I thought about, and this was actually inspired by one of your recent podcasts about the dishcloth mm-hmm. situation. And I do not have cotton in my stash, but I was thinking I could pick up some cotton and that could be fun actually making dishcloths as like gifts for people mm-hmm. or for us to use and just kind of to have like a few bright colors of mm-hmm. cotton in my suitcase would not go amiss over the year. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, so that's kind of my plan. Is uh, if I if I have time to pick up a little more, I will do that. The other thing um, is that seems like something that would be accessible in Mexico. Exactly, is cotton like exactly li- even like the lilies, sugar and cream. Like exactly, if, there's if they have some, something some, like it, yeah. If Walmart, which I know they have Walmart yeah. in Mexico, like they might have that. Stuff. Exactly, I don't exactly. So I'm thinking that that kind of thing would be fun. And then my the other. 
Um, the other project I, or idea that I've had, and I don't know if I'll actually act on this, but I know that there's a lot more, I mean, compared to um, the U.S. anyway, there's a lot more, like, plastic bag usage. Mm-hmm. And I sort of wondering, like, what it would it be like to learn to crochet with plastic bag oh. strips? I think it's called Plarn is uh-huh. the delightful name I've, um, of that material. And so, I mean, I think I would actually need to learn how to crochet would be the first step. But um, but I, I think that could be kind of interesting. Uh-huh. And it might just be an, like a way of kind of keeping myself busy, keeping my creative energy going uh-huh. with the materials at hand and just kind of see where that takes me. So that's... Yeah. It's just kind of one little thought I've had. So I guess another thing I'm thinking if I have time would be to figure out what size crochet needle and then just get that so I have it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that you could probably, if you've got a biggish crochet Exactly. Needle, just adapt. I mean, I feel like yeah, it's not like adapt. I'm making bags to fit somebody, so it right. doesn't matter. I mean, I would, I'm thinking these, I would just make, like, you know, shopping-ish ba- shopping bag sizes or whatever. Uh, thank God uh, for the Internet. Like, I know. Because while you're down there, exactly. you just go on YouTube. Exactly. And- figure out yeah what it's you like want it's to. so great to feel yeah. like everything will be accessible even things like you know, as I've been thinking like I don't really need to pack worry about like photocopying cookbooks or any you know, like I can right. every recipe I want I can just look for access, so right. um yeah so that makes that part of it really easy so yeah so those are my thoughts about like yarn packing so well I am going to miss you so much this I year I know I know uh, it's well, just... maybe we can Skype and like oh, knit over Skype idea. have like and like yeah. pour ourselves each a cup of coffee. Exactly. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Yeah. We'll have so, to do that. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Oh, Rebecca. thank you. It's, it's a real honor to be asked. So thank you so much. All right. And I'm going to come back on and give a bunch of updates about the 7,000 knit-alongs that I've started this year. Um, and um, thanks. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rebecca I hope the street noise was not too distracting. We were right near a BART station at a great cafe called Sweet Adeline, um, which is near Adeline and Alcatraz in Berkeley slash Oakland. I actually don't know that exact street, if that is Berkeley or Oakland, but it's on the border. So um, I did want to give some updates on all of the various knit-alongs. Um, use it or lose it number six is done and we are in use it or lose it number seven which means we are at the halfway point right seven would be the middle uli and um, people are still going strong last month we had 137 people finish including myself and I will draw the names for the winners the um, pattern uh, donations came uh, for that Uli from uh, Judy Marple's Pearl Bumps. So I will uh, put the winners in the thread and get you in touch with Judy Marple's. Um, thanks for everybody for continuing this. This has been a really strong knit along initiative, just as far as something that's a monthly renewal. I feel like we've really kind of kept it going. And maybe not at the volume we did at the beginning of the year, but I think that um, there are still people joining in. And um, I think a bunch of us are going to have a nice chunk into our uh, stash yarn, um, some of those older problem yarns. Um, so um, next, um, the sh- slowly but surely making a blanket along. Um, there are now 26 FOs in that thread. Blankets are a 
big commitment. So I expect this is going to be an ongoing KAL. And if you are a CAL, crochet or knit along, I am crocheting along. So, um, you know, at any point, if you start knitting a blanket, jump into that thread. There are no prizes except for the joy of finishing a blanket, <laughs> which, um, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, Jenny's always wanted to knit a blanket. And I have for what has been, I think, six years only six years, been uh, crocheting a Babette blanket. So, um, and that still goes on. I have not touched it for a couple of months, but I'm sure I will get back to her. Um, Cold Sheep, probably our longest effort on the board and it's going great. I really feel that when Meg came on the podcast a couple of months ago, it really inspired a lot of people and um, this last month, I was listening to an episode of a podcast that was new to me called Ladies of the Knit, and they mentioned the cold sheeping and some of the efforts, and they felt inspired, and I've noticed a few more people joining the group, so I think the word is still getting out there. Uh, personally, this last month, I met my cold sheeping, first cold sheeping goal, which was to knit 10 projects before buying yarn, and... Um, I also am only buying at one third the rate at which I use and do stash yarn. So um, as my reward for getting to 10 projects, I had enough in my yarn bank to buy yarn to buy, um, I'm sorry, to knit the Audrey and Unst, which I will be making out of uh, Quinson Company Chickadee in Frank's Plum. And I'm very excited, but I cannot finish, start that project until I finish my Ashland cardigan, and that will go towards my next cold sheeping goal, which is knitting five projects until I can buy yarn again. I think that 10 projects was a great way to start, but you may remember that I had a little slip up in May and bought some yarn. I, you know, took it out of my yarn budget ultimately, but I had only finished about seven projects at that point. So I felt that five projects was a better goal for me. So what I'm going to do is every five projects, I'm going to take the yardage, put it in my yard, divided by three and put that into my yarn bank, my yardage bank. And I can purchase, you know, up to what that yardage is in my savings. So, um, I've already finished a couple of projects towards that, that Aviatrix hat counts towards that. Um, maybe that's only the only one. And then the Ashland cardigan will be then the next um up so speaking of the ashland cardigan that is part of the knit to flatter knit along um it's a small group over there but if you are interested in knitting sweaters if you are taking amy's crafts class if you are um, reading amy's book please join us there's it's not a race people are you know getting their photographs up there we're talking about body shape recommending patterns, choosing patterns. So um, while I am close to finishing my Ashlyn, I have knit, um, since Rebecca and I recorded, I finished the second front and I finished one of the sleeves. So I have one sleeve to go and I'm all prepped to start that. As soon as I press stop on this recording, I might take a break for a little bit and start knitting on that. Just don't want to lose my momentum. I finished the first sleeve last night before I fell asleep. So I want to start as soon as possible so I don't lose any momentum again. Um, so I have that to finish, then to block it, and to knit the collar and the strap, the um, ties. So I'm getting really, really close. I don't know if I'll finish it before the end of June, but it will be done very early in July. It will count as my an Uli for Uli 07, and it will um, 
be my first knit to flatter project and then the second one will be the Audrey and Unst that I bought the yarn for the Quinson Company Chickadee and um, just sort of to talk it out with you right now I am thinking about knitting um, Audrey in pieces the original pattern is knit all in one piece up to the arm size and then the fronts and the backs are knit separate separately and um, one of the things, and I know this from knitting it before, is that it has a, a fake seam, so a purl stitch that runs down the side. And I think that for the integrity, kind of strength of the sweater, I'd rather have a real seam. I don't think seaming takes that long, especially on a straight side seam. So, um, and because it's knit flat, it's not knit in the round, there really isn't a huge benefit to knitting everything in one piece, except for that you have a very large, a much larger piece of knitting to carry around. So I think I'm going to knit the fronts and the backs separately and add um, a seam stitch uh, for for seaming. But I think I will take the recommendations of the pattern and knit the sleeves from the top down because that was the way that it was written. And the idea of rewriting the sleeve to make it flat is, it's a little intimidating. Um, I'm... I have loved that construction, the top-down sleeve construction in the past. I've knit, I can think of, I think, three or four sweaters that way. I I do wonder in the long run how well those sleeves will hang because there isn't a real seam. So one thought I do have is going back and somehow reinforcing that top-down construction, maybe actually sort of doing a not a, well, some sort of delicate whip stitch or a running stitch just to sort of shore up that shoulder um, construction uh, because there isn't a real seam there to hold the two pieces together it effectively becomes one piece I'd love to hear anybody's feedback on that Um, if you've done both ways if there's a reason that you prefer one way or the other if you think I'm totally off base and that the top-down construction is just as sturdy as the bottom-up set-in sleeve version please let me know that too Um, but For now, I think that's definitely how I'm going to start the sweater. So body and pieces seam together, sleeves from the top down. Um, It really will minimize finishing. And I'll be curious to see how much yarn it actually takes. I bought six skeins, which is uh, 1,086 yards. I will be curious to see if... I even get into that sixth ball. I haven't. I didn't wind, have that one wound. I actually even, it was my birthday, I asked the yard store to <laughs> wind it for me. Thanks, Willow. Um, so um, I didn't wind that sixth ball because I'll be interested to see again if it really takes that much. With Audrey and Unst is cropped, and I actually may be going slightly in the other direction and making it a little bit longer, tiny bit. Um, I also... Um, don't know, just in general, I'm having a hard time gauging how much yarn projects take. Um, my Ashland cardigan, I, I'm, I'm not going to run it, even guess on a number right now, but I think it's going to take far less yarn than I expected it to, than the pattern calls for, and then I have. So I'm going to have a, a, uh, still have a stash of this yarn to use when this project's finished. Okay, so I've rambled a bit. Um, I want to thank my friend Rebecca for coming on. I want to thank Judy Marples. If anybody is interested in being a pattern donor for any of our upcoming Ulis, um, 
I have a couple of slots taken, but there's still a few left for the rest of the year, including for this one. Um, so the way it works is usually the designer donates three to five patterns and we do a drawing for three to five winners. It's pretty simple. So um, contact me if you're interested and um, I will talk to you soon and hopefully be able to get Jenny back on on our next episode. Thanks. Bye. Oh